and we're back with Survivor Hot Takes. Uh, this is part three of our series of A Win is a Win, focusing on Sophie Clark. I am Coach Drew, a.k.a. Sophie's Young Girl, for the people that have watched South Pacific. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Final Tribal, where Sophie refers to Coach as her young girl that she goes to the end with to win, which she does. I am joined today by Cindy, who, much like Travis from last week, uh, is in the online survivor slash org community that I have become attached to in my many games I've played. Uh, so, Cindy, let's go with our first question of favorite survivor season, favorite survivor player, and most importantly, survivor hot take. Okay, so favorite Survivor season and player are interrelated. It's Token Teens and Tyson. Um, absolute Tyson stand. Uh, second favorite's Blood versus Water. The whole shebang. But hot take is going to be, um, I don't think Tony Blachos should have won either season that he won. And bear with me. <laughs> bear with me here. Uh, from a people playing their best games perspective, Wu playing his best game takes pass to the end. So Tony shouldn't win there. So that's not, obviously, like, he, it, it, it's impressive that you can convince someone, like, hey, don't play your best game for a million dollars. But it, when your game literally relies on that type of, like, mistake by another player, I just don't think that's a solid game plan. You can't count on other people acting irrationally, unless you're Tony, because once again, in Winners at War, we see Tony have all of these people just completely irrationally allowing him to get far, knowing full, like knowing logically he's a duo with Sarah, knowing logically he has all of these people following him, he's exposed by Michelle, he's exposed by Sophie, and no one cares to do anything. And it relies on that lack of anyone doing anything. And I don't necessarily think Tony was the reason that, like, obviously he was the reason they weren't doing anything, but I just didn't see why in, in the edit. I didn't see him have some great speech to anyone saying, this is why you need to take me to the end. I didn't see any of that. I just saw people being. And we're going to stray off topic for a second, but he's almost portrayed as like a goofball during the pre-merge. <laughs> Um, and uh, I, obviously I, I disagree with you. I think that he should have won both seasons, but whatever. Uh, he's at least with winners at war, he's portrayed as a goofball for the pre-merge with like the ladder and catching the shark and all that. And, uh, the, the, um, where he's on the beach and he's trying to show how, show everyone how fast he can run, which is not fast. Uh, he's, he, he gets like this, this goofball edit until the merge when you said like Michelle, and Sophie, and I'm pretty sure Kim in her boot episode, um, mentioned the fact, like, hey, Tony's, you know, Tony's running the show here. Come on, let's let's do this. And it's crazy because he still doesn't get any votes up until, yeah, he, I don't think he gets a vote. No, he doesn't get a vote, period, during the season. Um, but one of the people that he was responsible for, I feel like his biggest move of the season, probably, is voting out Sophie, who we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Sophie Clark, winner of season 23, South Pacific. 
And maybe and I'm just bitter about her boot. Let's be real. It could just be that. <laughs> Sophie was one of my winner picks for Winners at War. It was, I think, her, Jeremy, and someone else. But uh, so I, I loved Sophie so much in South Pacific. She was, she wasn't my, maybe she was my winner pick. If she wasn't my winner pick, she was my favorite person on the season. Just because her confessionals were amazing whenever she got confessionals, because. Of course, when you have a returner season, you have to give those confessionals to the returners instead of the people that actually you know are playing for the first time and the winner. Um, so I really enjoyed Sophie tearing into people, and I just liked her strategy in that game. Um, she's another one where I hate using this phrase, even though I say it all the time, where the casual fan will look at her as someone that was dragged to the end, and it's like, were you just not paying attention to anything that was happening during the season? So what? I, my first question to you is, the first time that you watched South Pacific, what were your opinions on Sophie, and how did you feel after she won? I loved Sophie from the beginning. I love a snarky, strong woman. Um, I relate to that, and I... But because I related so strongly, I thought that we were going to have a sexist jury that was going to sit there and they were going to see Coach or Albert. Like up until the end game, I thought for sure that Albert was going to get the credit for the strategic moves Sophie was making. I didn't think Coach would get strategic credit because who really gives Coach that much strategic credit? But I, I thought for sure that Albert was going to be getting credit for Sophie's move and she would be dragged to the end and they'd say, you just did whatever Albert wanted, even though we literally see her yelling at Albert, yeah, like, Albert stop like, being, no. stop. like Albert, <laughs> stop being an idiot. All of your ideas are garbage. <laughs> um, but so I loved her. She was also one of my winner picks for Winners at War. Um, she was my number one winner pick for Winners at War because I thought she would go under the radar, even more so than like a Michelle Fitzgerald, um, as just because she she did control South Pacific in a way that I think we really don't see too often. People know Kim controlled one world in that manner, and like people know Boston Rob did it with Redemption Island. I think Sophie is up there for most control of the season. Um in like actual what happens when and part of it is just that she knows that the status quo benefits her. So anytime anyone tries to go against the status quo, she's like, no, no. we're sticking. This, we're doing this five and we're <laughs> going to take this five to the end. And then we will, you know, we'll take out Ozzy when he comes back from Redemption Island. And we'll do it like this because she knows that she can, she knows that she can beat Rick. She knows that she can beat Albert. And she knows she can probably beat Brandon. I feel like Brandon probably still would have gotten a couple more votes than Albert would have. And yeah. she is... The only, I feel like in my in my head, I felt like the only person she felt like maybe had a chance to beat her was Coach. Because people would look at him as the leader of this very religious cult on the season. <laughs> like people, people look at the Boston Rob Redemption Island thing as a cult. And I look at South Pacific as like, this is way worse because 
God's involved. <laughs> yeah, they actually bring... yeah, they actually bring God into this. And so I feel I felt like just where I was sitting, I was rooting I was rooting for Sophie probably for merge on. And I felt like the only way that she loses is if she gets blindsided or whatever, or if she sits at the end and coach admits to the stuff that he has done. And thankfully he didn't. He, well, you know, as you know, coach hard. isn't going to do that. Like knowing yeah. coach, we've seen him twice. We know that that's not how he perceives himself and his perception of himself and the juries is not going to align. So honestly, I think like Sophie has seen those seasons and she knows in her heart, like he's not going to become a new guy. He's not going to claim that this was all an act. It's, it's, it's going to bring, he's going to continue to bring God and everything into it. And we'll touch on, we'll touch on final tribal, um, a little while later. Um, so how, obviously this, this is not it. Like, the hardest question to ask, but how did you feel after Sophie won? I was ecstatic. Um, it completely took South Pacific from like, like uh, the only redeeming part of South Pacific watching it the first time was Sophie's confessionals. And I thought she doomed from the start. I saw what happened to Michaela. She said immediately, I'm a strong woman. I'm going to try and not be that. And I said, fuck, this is going to be terrible. Like, there's all the God stuff. There's all of that. And the only redeeming thing throughout it was, to me, Sophie and her snark and her brain. And so watching her win was such a, like, completion arc for the season to me that it completely took it from an absolute bottom tier season to, like, mid-tier um, for me. And it, it completely shifted when I rewatched it before Winners at War to be like, okay, like, do I do I really want Sophie as one of my winner picks? Like, I know that she's not considered one of the best winners. And I rewatched it, I was like, I don't... Like, it, it's so much better on a rewatch because you know the ending and you, you know don't have that fear of, like... A br- like, my worst fear was a Brandon Coach Albert final three God. of just... I coach would have my vote in that situation, but honestly, I would just say fuck you guys, give it to Albert because I'm done. Well, and it's crazy because on a on a larger scale, Sophie gets basically the the Natalie White treatment in South Pacific, where like the season is not really about how Sophie wins. It's about how coach loses. Just like in Samoa, it's about how Russell loses and not really how Natalie wins, which is fine, but we don't know. We don't know Sophie. And so the, these, these J Brones on survivor Reddit, the, the cesspool will sit there and say, Sophie doesn't deserve to win because what did she do? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if you actually just sat there and just paid attention, even though even though we're not shown much of her, you can kind of catch on to what's really going on if you actually paid and not just focused on who's being shown to us the the most. And I think that's a problem with a lot of these winners that we've talked about to this point is we're constantly sh- we're constantly shown 
the people that production is in love with, and you know that's not no fault to production because you know they're trying to get the ratings. <laughs> I understand that. You're seeing these people that production love, and then when that person doesn't win, everyone thinks, "Oh, well, this person was clearly robbed or not deserving, uh, or you know, screwed because this person is not deserving." And it's like, well, no. And but in Sophie's in Sophie's case. It's not like she gave shit confessionals either, because she gave great confessionals. Besides, probably Cochran, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Cochran fan, but like Cochran did give pretty good confessionals in South Pacific. Besides, probably Cochran, uh, Sophie gave the the funniest, the most enlightening confessionals. Um, and so the fact that they didn't, she only had I pr- I'm pretty sure she had like 25, 26 confessionals in the season. The fact that she didn't have that many compared to Coach and others is embarrassing. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't put much stock into the whole winners edit thing because yeah, if you if you show a person a lot, yeah, it becomes kind of obvious when that person's going to win. But you could have given a few of Coach's um, confessionals to Sophie. You could have given a couple of Cochran's. Confessionals to Sophie, because it's not like she was giving shit confessionals all season. She was giving very funny, enough to get a compilation on YouTube, um, confessionals. And I think it's embarrassing at this point that people still will sit there and say, well, Coach was robbed because people were bitter. That's the ultimate thing. Whenever people can't like defend their person, they'll say, well, the jury is bitter. It's not like Coach did anything that was overly malicious to... Pretty much anyone on the season, except for maybe Brandon, which, well, I'll, I'll pass it on to you. What did you think of their tribe and obviously the religious uh, aspect to it or whatever? And how do you think that Sophie navigated her way through that? I think Sophie did. A, I think I think this also plays into why I don't think Sophie got that many confessionals. Is because I think she spells things out to a T. If you actually pay attention past just the funny, you can tell she knows the hierarchy. She knows from the very beginning with the Michaela thing. Like I have to be at least a little bit less myself. I need to not be a strong woman right now. I need to take it back a step because these men are going to target me if I if I do that. And she knows the hierarchy of, like, right now, Coach and Brandon can run the show. And that's fine for me because people will cut Brandon down the line. He's very easily manipulated. I can figure it out. And she she breaks down the tribal dynamics in a very funny way. But I think if they gave her all of these confessionals, people would be like, well, it's too obvious Sophie was going to win because she literally would have spelled out, this is who's going. This is how I'm going to get it done. This is who's going. Because everything, like every boot that she played a major part in, like the Brandon boot being a huge one, where you have Albert saying, like, let's take out Sophie. And if you had Sophie sit there and be like, actually, remember back when I said Brandon was easily manipulatable? This is exactly the time to utilize that. And he so gives the idol or the, the necklace away. <laughs> it's. It's so bad. You almost almost feel bad for Brandon. It's like, these people have just taken advantage of you this entire game, 
and you don't mean <laughs> he doesn't realize that it's going on. It's he's 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 young, right? Like when he's, he's 19, playing, yeah. he's, he's he's nineteen. So yeah, he's nineteen. He's very young. He is there not because of a love of the game or a love of any of that. He's there to reclaim his family name in this way that just does not translate to Survivor. Because to him, reclaiming the family name means like being loyal, being honest. And you can argue that he didn't, Which he was. wasn't super like great, but he, he tried, right? He tried to be loyal to people. He tried to be like as honest as he could. He sacrificed himself for the good of his cult. Um, and and it's, it just... Because God told Coach. Yes, because because God told him to. <laughs> well, because Sophie told him to. Let's be clear who yeah. who God is in this situation. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not saying Sophie's actually God, but you know, she she sits him down and Sophie she's Parker's you know Ozzy. Ozzy's gonna be seeing all these people through Ed, like not Edge, through Redemption Island. Sorry, got got the bad twists confused. Um, and she, she convinces him that, like you know, we can't, our people can't win with Ozzy here, and you're the only person strong enough to take on Ozzy. Which, as we plainly see, he can't even do that, right? <laughs> but. Yeah, he he gets he gets really manipulated and and that's I think Sophie caught on to that pretty early of this is a easily manipulated boy. This is another one of my young yeah. girls if you will. Exactly. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Sophie is surrounded with the exception of maybe like we don't get much of Rick during the season, but I don't see Rick as as one of Sophie's young girls. I do see Albert Brandon and Coach as Sophie's young girls. Um, and with Coach, it's like, okay, we'll let Coach be crazy Coach, whatever. We'll let Albert think that he's the street. And he, she has a couple confessionals where it's like, Albert thinks he's the strategic mastermind. And really, he's just like a J Brown. And then we have Brandon who, you know, he's trying to redeem his, his family name and he's trying to prove that he can be loyal and all that. And he's antagonizing people on their way out the door. Uh, she sees these people and it's like, okay, all I have to do is not do this and I'll have a pretty good chance at the end. And she's actually the one that says, like you said, she has a confessional where it's like, um, not even a confessional, I think she's telling Coach at some point, Ozzy, everyone that has been voted out of the game has to go through Redemption Island and Ozzy's, you know, I don't remember the phrase that she says, but place of paradise. It was such a good phrase, but I've lost it too. Yeah. (laughs) They all have to go through Ozzy to get to the to the jury, and so they're all gonna love him. Doesn't you know? It doesn't help that they also most of them started on the same tribe as Ozzy. So we will all be screwed if you guys don't get rid of him now. And she actually has they actually put that in the show where she is saying that, and I feel like that wasn't pure co- coincidence. Like they as well, much and I as think I it's think, yeah. Yeah, I think for this particular, like, moment, it's so... Because obviously we think, well, also, you know, tribal lines. But that's just not the way 
that Coach or Brandon or any of her people were thinking. So I think it's so smart of her to take, what do these alpha men, super, you know, grr, what, what do they see Ozzy's strength as? Because it's not that he was with his tribe and they're all on jury. That, that, like, Coach doesn't have the strategic sort of thought process of realizing that that's him as a threat. But Coach values people who are strong in challenges, people who are providing. Like, that's Coach's number one values if you are yeah. providing to the tribe. And what is Ozzy doing right now? He is providing to people. So he is, So she takes what each person values and she twists it in a way to get them to do what she wants in like a very smart manner. Because I, I never would have thought like, you know, I would be like, well, tribal lines, Ozzy wins if he gets there, so we can't let him come back. And that would have been hem and hawed by Brandon and Coach. But when you're valuing someone who's providing, and then she's using that value to manipulate you. And it's, it's mm -hmm. very well done. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, so, so I have to pull it up. So like, much like I say with most of these people in here, it's not like I'm sitting here trying to say that the winners that I'm talking about are like the all-time greatest because I'm, I'm not. I have my opinion who I think is all-time greatest, and he has her opinion. Um, Sophie's in my top twenty-five all-time winners. Um, I, I have her at twenty-one. I have her at twenty-one. I love, but that's more from me as a. I don't think there's ever been a shit winner. I think that Sophie saw how. I think that Sophie did what. All the people on fucking Redemption Island the season beforehand couldn't do. Where I see how this is, how this could go if I let it get out of hand. So let me associate myself with these people, but instead of letting Coach dictate everything we do, I'm just gonna let him think that he's doing all of this. I'll pray with him and all of this, but. I'm also going to go out there and win challenges. And I'm also going to make sure that when I'm not immune, that I'm not the one going home. And I'm going to make sure that I defend myself at final tribal council, because that's something that people in the previous season did not do. And I think that's the reason that one of the bigger reasons that she won, it was the fact that she could utilize all of these things and, and she's, a, she's a smart, she's a smart person. Like, she, it's very clear from the very beginning. She, she has a confessional where um, she's speaking Russian, and then Coach tries to, like, oh, yeah, I speak Russian, too. And she's like, yeah. Coach, you know, I see what he's doing. He's He knows a few Russian phrases, and, you know, I understand the shtick. It's fine. Um, and But at the end, the fact that she's able to sit there and defend herself and, you know, while throwing Coach and Albert under the bus, really she only had to throw Coach under the bus because Albert was never winning. So she's saying, oh, yeah, um, Coach was lying about how he found the idol. God didn't help him find it. Find it. He already had it when, when he prayed for it. And how she's saying, yeah, I saw Coach and Albert as these young girls that I wanted to bring to the end. The fact that she, you know, stood up for herself a couple travels beforehand where Ozzy was calling her basically an ice queen. Now, I I do think 
I, you know, I, I do think that Sophie was kind of an ice school. Like a lot of her tribal council council answers during the season were very ice queen ish. But I don't necessarily think that an ice queen is a negative thing. I think it's just a, a woman that like doesn't put up with people's shit, and she kind of she she's she's very just straight to the point. This is how I feel, and if people are not cool with that, tough cookies. Um, but I do think she was a, an ice queen of a winner as far as some of the things she would say. But I don't think that it's a negative, and I think that that's what Ozzy was trying to call her out on. And I thought that was BS, uh, absolutely BS. Uh, but how, how did you feel about that? Well, and she, I think she says it, like, after he calls her out of, like, or at least in final, I don't remember which part, if it was when he calls her out or at final tribal, where she's like, this is the same game that we see men play. Like, men can be ice queens and think strategically primarily, and they, they don't get this treatment. They don't get called, you know, this demanding bitch, like, all of that. And and I agree with it. I think that Sophie is a very strategic player. She has a social game, but we don't really see her making these deep social connections because she kind of hates her tribe, right? Like, she's not really like, oh, yay, <laughs> these are my people. So we don't see those deep social bonds that, you know, you would see with, like, a Tommy Sheehan or another, like, social Gerald, yeah. icon or, like, a Michelle Fitzgerald. It's all strategic with her so a lot of her conversations are about you know manipulating people to get them to do what she wants strategically and she brings it up when a man does that he doesn't get called a nice queen or a bitch or what have you like whatever these people on redemption island were saying about her that he gets lauded as a great survivor player and i i do see it to an extent because i think obviously like this and redemption island have the obvious similarities of Redemption Island and coaches, right? But I think even more so, I see Sophie, excuse me, as very similar in her gameplay on this season to almost like a, the Boston Rob of Redemption Island, where everything Boston Rob does is protect this status quo because he knows he beats these people at the end. And I see Sophie... And every move she makes is to protect this status quo and keep her people at the end because she knows she beats them. And I think that there's this parallel that people just don't acknowledge because partially just the gender difference, right? Because when, you know, she... Like, Boston Rob has the great scene in Redemption Island where he literally convinces his tribe not to eat with the other tribe because tribal lines are that strong. Um, but when she utilizes, like, you know, this this cult, and, like, yes, Coach is sort of the, the face of the cult, but I, I do think she's sort of the brains behind it. I do think she's the one sort of pushing it along. And when you see the, you know, it needs to be about, like, w with the Brandon elimination, where it needs to be about getting our people to the end, not about anyone's specific game. It needs to be just us as the final five, and it needs... She pushes that narrative in the same way that Boston Rob does, but she doesn't get the same credit. So I do think, like, it is a little bit, like, to me, she's not the this social player of the century or anything like that. So, yes, I think people were, you know, not feeling great about her when they left because she was doing the same thing Boston Rob was. If 
when I've played online survivor games and someone is pushing this like tribal narrative and I'm in the minority on that tribal narrative, I don't feel good about them leaving. Like I don't leave and go, yeah, that was a great idea. Just tribe strong. No one wants to be on the bottom side of a pagonging. So no one's going to feel good about whoever's pushing the pagonging, but they talk about it differently when it's a woman and when it's a man. And she, she said it in that tribal of like, this isn't the way that people talk when a man does these same things. When a man orchestrates a pagonging, this isn't the way that he's treated. He's not called a bitch. He's not, he's lauded as like, yep, you got me. And that's not what's happening for her. And she does it much more emotionally than I'm talking about now, obviously. But I do yeah, like cried. agree to it. <laughs> she, she cried. And Ozzy, to his credit, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the biggest Aussie fan or whatever, but whenever he does this, uh, wherever he votes and he, he says, uh, you know, I apologize for making you cry, but it doesn't mean I didn't mean it. It's like, okay, that's fair. You know, I, I agree with you. And it's, it's funny because there's, there's South Pacific is not really high on my list. Um, I think it's, in my head, it's probably the worst of the three Redemption Island seasons, but a lot of people will put Redemption Island in the season lower than South Pacific. Whatever. One of the saving graces with it, as you mentioned earlier, is the fact that knowing the fact that she wins and then paying attention to the fact that everything that's going on in the season, knowing that Sophie wins, where she gets into the where Albert keeps trying to come up with all these cockamamie plans about like maybe now is when we flip and Sophie's like no just, just shut up just shut up we're we're doing this we're not or at the final I, don't know, I can't remember what final uh, whatever it was challenge where they have to stack the the uh, the bricks and Albert she's like tell me yeah, Jack your stack and come help me because. You're not going to win. It's like, yes, yes, you're not going to win. You might as well help me out, and I'll drag it to the end. Things like that, I feel like the casuals uh, don't really pay, the casuals and the coach fanatics don't really pay attention to because all they pay attention to is confessional count, how many times this person's been shown on screen, and how much control. It's perceived that this person has. As I've said, every week in this five-part series, it does not matter what we are shown. All that matters is what the jury decides they want to go with. So if the jury decides they want to vote for Sophie Clark over Coach Wade, sorry, Coach wasn't robbed. It was just the jury felt that the majority of the jury felt that Sophie did better than Coach. Now, if they were bitter about it, who cares? It does not matter because it's a social game. So if you pissed off the jury that much that they can't look past whatever you did to them, that's your fault because we've had other winners in the past that have also – we had Tony and – I don't know, but we had Tony and Kayan who was out there lying about everything and they still gave him the majority of the votes. So there is a way of doing this where even if a person is bitter towards you, they will still give you the vote. So I think I, I've always thought it was bullshit that people, the, these fans will always harp on bitter jury, bitter jury, bitter jury. 
bitter juries vote for the right person pretty much the same amount of times they vote for the undeserving person. Sorry that your person didn't win. That's what it is. Your person didn't win. You're pissed off about it. Get over it. Well, and I don't even see it as a bitter jury in this particular instance. Like, <laughs> it's not, I don't, like I don't see it. I, yeah. I, I, on a on the initial watch, I didn't re- like. I didn't get why people were just going with the cult. You know, like I, I, I saw that the cult was running things, but I didn't really see the inner workings of it or anything like that. But on a rewatch, it's pretty clear. Coach, yes, has the personality of like a cult leader, but it's it's Sophie doing most of the strategic chops. Albert is literally out here in left fucking field. Every, every episode, it's like Albert wants to flip, or Albert has this new plan, and it's like, no, no, let's just get our yep. five to the final five, and then we'll go from there. We can have your big plans at five, Albert. We'll we'll get there. And yeah. <laughs> it's not Coach telling Albert, no, you can't flip. It's not Coach keeping people in line. It's Sophie doing it. So I don't see, like, I I, I don't go on Survivor Reddit very often. I don't go on Smart. Reddit itself often. I'm, I'm pretty far removed from any Coach stands. So I don't know their arguments. But... I don't see it. Like, on a rewatch, I do not see a coach was robbed narrative. I don't see the jury being exceptionally bitter towards him. I see the jury being much more bitter towards Sophie, honestly, just through the questionings. Yeah. They, they so, tear into her. And the people, I feel like the people that tore into her still voted for her in the end. <laughs> like, yeah. At, coach got, coach got Cochran. Uh shoot. Cochran and who else? Who are the other two people? Cochran, um, Rick, and Edna. And Edna. And Edna, like, that makes sense. Cochran and Rick, okay, whatever. Um, Cochran, Cochran claims to be some, like, strategic survivor super fan, and yet votes for Coach, like, sorry, chill. Cochran, chill fam. but... Chill fam. <laughs> yeah, take take a seat. I don't see it. Um, so, going based off of something that we just talked about, do you think there was primarily focusing on Coach, but if you want to say something about Albert, it's fine. Do you think there was any chance of Coach or Albert potentially beating Sophie at the end with the, that same final three there? I mean... Like I said way back, if the jury was exceptionally sexist, I see it. I can see it if, if you know, people just do not want to give Sophie credit. And if Albert or Coach had stepped in and been like, Sophie's claiming these things, but it was actually me, even if there's no basis. And if the jury is incredibly sexist, I can see it. But I don't think that there's any argument in a non-like gender-based forum for either of them to win because I just don't think either of them had the control of the game. No one particularly was social with the other tribe. It was, it was you know, just sort of a pagonging. So I don't really see an argument from them of, well, at least this person... Like, I guess you can see it with Albert, right? Like, at least this person wanted to flip. At least he 
But I think that gets shut down pretty easily of, yeah, he wanted to flip, but would you guys have let him in the final three? Because he ended up in the final three with us, so why was flipping a good move? Yeah. Uh, so I can see, at, at best, I can see an Albert argument of at least he tried something instead of going with the status quo. I really can't see a coach argument because coach never tried to go against the status quo and it was Sophie keeping the status quo. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I do think there's probably an argument for coach because all people have to do is say, all people have to do is like look at the perception of how it's being shown to us at this TV where it's like, it looks like coaches in control. So yes, I feel like gender probably would come into that as well, where people would look at coaches like, Oh yeah, he's the one that's really been running things uh, and give him two more votes or whatever the case is. But realistically, this is not really a season where I think the winner was in any doubt going into final three. And yep. at least in my opinion, but it's crazy because according to the cesspool that is Survivor Reddit and Twitter or whatever, Coach was some Rob King, some Rob King that uh, like it, that was screwed by a bitter jury. Him and Russell Hanson, the most screwed people in the history of the show. God, I hate these people. Not really. You guys are all, you all seem like really nice people in your real lives. Whatever. It's fun. So before we wrap up, we're going to go to Sophie Clark part two, just to see, see your opinion on if she redeemed herself in the eyes of these J-Brones on the internet. So, winners at war. Sophie Clark. Opinions. I mean, I think everyone, as far as I've seen, even, even in the cesspools, I think everyone until Sophie's blindside, was seeing a Sophie win. Like, I think she had an exceptional amount of control over the game. Um, I think she saw the power structures that be, and this time she saw that they didn't benefit her, and she knew what she needed to do to get there. In theory, in practice, obviously not. Um, but I think, I guess... I think she didn't need redeeming in the first place. I, I would put her as like a pretty high tier winner, honestly. But I think anyone who was in question sees that you, you see an absolute 180 in her gameplay style in Winners at War, which shows an amount of adaptability that you don't see in a lot of other people on the season. I mean, we've seen Rob four or five times. Yeah, five times. And he has the same game every time. And we've seen, you know, as much as I love Tyson, he plays a very similar game each time. And it's just a matter of does it work out or doesn't it? Uh, you know, we see so many people that play these same games. And she has that ability to play a completely different game in Winners at War. And it still be a really stellar game. So I think that if you didn't appreciate her gameplay style in the first one, I hope you don't appreciate Boston Robs either because I still think it's similar. But if you didn't appreciate that gameplay style, you see a completely different style from her in Winners at War. And it it's once again one that you really see 
working out for her in, until it until it doesn't. And I, I don't I haven't yeah. rewatched Winners at War yet, so I, I'm not as sure on the details. Um, but I do remember thinking that she was gonna win. Well, with, so I recently rewatched it for the fourth time because I have no life. Um, basically, it was Tony wanted to get rid of Sarah's, what he thought was Sarah's other number one ally, which made sense. Whatever. I, like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, Sophie was one of my winner picks for Winners at War. And I do think that in the eyes of these naysayers, she did return Michelle redeem themselves in the eyes of these people. These people that have spent years bashing them on the internet because it's fun to bash people on the internet. I feel like the two of them, more than anyone else, except for maybe like Ben, uh, redeem themselves. (laughs) Did Ben redeem himself? Are people saying Ben redeemed himself? Tune in in a couple weeks. Uh, Sure. (laughs) But... Michelle and Sophie, more than anyone else, redeemed themselves in the eyes of the large majority of this 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 naysayer population because, in Sophie's case, she, she at least what we were shown, showed a different game that she played in South Pacific. And for the longest time, you sit there thinking, wow, Sophie is probably going to win this. And once Sophie was gone, it was like, okay, yeah, Tony's obviously winning this thing because there's no way that everyone else has been misted as, as people say, uh, by Tony, there's, there's no way he's going to lose. But I think that out of almost everyone on Winners at War, except for maybe like two or three people, Sophie has a good chance of potentially playing again. And if she does, I would not be surprised if she won again because she has shown that adaptability and she's shown that she has a knowledge of the game. Like, it's very clear from day one on South Pacific that she knows the game. And, you know, everyone likes to harp on Cochran from that season as, like, oh, yeah, this know-it-all nerd that knows everything about Survivor. It's like, yeah, yeah, he knows a lot. Sophie also knows a lot about Survivor, and she did one better because she won that season. Um, So, in summation... We both agree that Sophie Clark, good to great winner. Good, great. Um, We both agree that I think that the perception that Coach was robbed in the season is kind of dumb, for lack of a better phrase. Um, And we both think, obviously, that uh, if there were any naysayers to her, winners at war totally put that to bed. And I personally want Sophie to come back at least one more time. Uh, I love Sophie as both a confessional, as a player, and just as a person. I probably have a crush. I don't know. It's possible. Um, and I just need her back. Uh, send any final thoughts? Uh, if you still think Coach was robbed, I I do think you're a moron and a jabroni. <laughs> and a jabroni. Uh, so we will be back with part four of this next week where we'll be talking about the sepia and I'm so pumped for that one because sepia has got a we lot love of hate. I love the sepia. The sepia, there were tears, literal tears when she won. And then I'm thinking of either for the final 
for the final episode of this series, either focusing on one winner or spreading it out to three different winners because we haven't touched on any male winners in this series so far. And I feel like there are three winners in general that are not loved, and I will do my best to give them props. Uh, but until then, uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank Cindy for coming on. Uh, we will see y'all next week, and we'll see you guys on the other side.